Christ. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. It's um, really great and a privilege just to have an opportunity to just come and share with you like this as we continue the talks and the discussion and grappling with the front line and what does that mean for us as individuals, us as a church and us as a community. For me, it's all part of God's plan and we are, it's about us finding our role within that plan and that's our identity, is recognising his plan and purpose and finding our role within that. So today is part of this talk. We're going to frame it around Matthew 6, 9 to 14, the Lord's Prayer. Um, this is a prayer that, particularly if you're my, my generation, is so familiar to us, to us. It was something that, it was a prayer that I just, most days when I was at school, the school I was at, you prayed that prayer. When I, I was a bit older, I started going to church. That's the prayer you spoke out. It became so familiar, I can just roll it off without really thinking about the words. I can just speak the words without actually having to engage brain and definitely sometimes without engaging heart and mind. But there's something, just so much, I believe, that God can teach us through that. And so it's really great that I've had this opportunity just to really step back and just have the chance to just really see and, and, and think through this prayer um, in the context of um, the series that we're working on today. It's interesting, I always find that the verse before this prayer, it, it says, Father knows what we need to be said before we ask it. That always prompts the question in me, well, what's the point in praying then? If God already, already knows what we're going to ask, why do we do it? Maybe it's more about us than it is about him. Um, I've read, and it's like there's a, a book that I was reading, and it talks about the fact that actually prayer is a connecting activity. What it does, it connects our heart to God's heart. And then through that, that's where his will can be outworked. Also for me, it's not just about what's said in the Lord's Prayer, it's the order in which those words come. And that's what we're going to go through today, just going to be looking through the different order. So let's start. Our Father in heaven. We've heard in this series and today that it is about identity. Ben shared um, a couple of weeks ago, and then it's what Marg and Ness and um, we've been talking about today, it's about our identity and who we are. Um, and again, we start from that place. But what I love about that is it flips it around. Yes, we are children of God, but what we need to start with is our Father in heaven. The focus has got to be on that, on our Father in heaven. It's not about us. It's not about me. It starts with our Father. The actual Bible the very first part, it starts with the words, in the beginning, God. This changes our focus. It changes it from me to him. It puts me in the right starting place. It pulls my eyes, my heart, my thoughts away from me to be focusing on him. This is where we need to start. And when we shift that focus, how do we respond Hallowed be your name. You are holy. Mr. Google did the old definition for me. Holy is exalted, worthy of complete devotion, as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. This for me as well helps just with that concept of father. 
for, for many people, or, uh, they may meet their experience of kind of like earthly fathers, it hasn't been that great, or it might be non-existent. But actually, this emphasizes what it actually means. The one called holy, perfect in goodness. He is our father. This is why we start with him, because he is worthy. And our eyes are on him. As we see him again, he is in his perfect goodness. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the king of kings, the sovereign king, lord of laws, ruler of all. He knows what is best for us, our family, our community, all the peoples of the earth. And he's asking us to call him daddy. Our identity grows from our focus on him. So now we've got the focus right. For me, what follows is one of the key thrusts of this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Do you realize what a dangerous prayer that is? We're basically talking about regime change. I don't know whether you've seen around the world, regime change doesn't genuinely happen in a peaceful, quiet, unobsumed way. It's disruptive. It shakes the status quo. It rocks the comfortable. It doesn't make it easy. When I pray this prayer, thy kingdom come over a place, a group of people, or a situation, the question I have to ask myself is, do I actually mean it? Or am I actually, what, what, am I really saying, Lord, let my idea of what things should happen here, my kingdom, let that be done. Is that really what I'm praying? And I have to check myself. Basically, am I saying, Lord, make things easier for me? The focus again has shifted onto the wrong subject. Am I, I have to ask myself, am I prepared for the outcome of praying this prayer? Am I prepared to have my preconceived ideas of what I think is right, of what I think is kingdom, basically blown out of the water and God to come in? Am I ready for that? Am I prepared to bear the cost of partnering him in that? Am I prepared to make a strong stand of what is right, to call out injustice, to stand in the gap and support the marginalized? Am I prepared to speak the unpopular truth, to love my enemies? This is kingdom building. I have the privilege of knowing so many amazing people who, done, who genuinely pray that prayer and live it out. People who, right today, there are threats on their actual life because they stand in the truth of that prayer, thy kingdom come. Others have made massive sacrifices in serving communities that God has put on their hand through finances, through time, just continually being there and loving Others have been ridiculed, ostracized for standing up against injustice and saying, no, that is not the way, that is not the truth. You speak to each of them and you kind of look and think, why? Because for them, it is worth it. They have recognized what that prayer means. They recognize the danger of that prayer. They have stepped into it. They have accepted the sacrifices. They accepted what comes their way because that is actually where we are rooted in God in building his kingdom, in partnering him in that. So we've got the focus, we've got our focus, our Father in heaven. And we've got the purpose to be building the kingdom. So here we see the Lord's Prayer, it switches its focus 
onto us. We have the context, his plan and purpose, but he wants us to partner in this. So he needs to equip us. It goes on. Give us today our daily bread. This line reflects back to an Old Testament story when the Israelites were traveling uh, to the promised land. For 40 years, they had to rely on God for their actual food, which he provided for each day. A need just that day. No more, no less. It grew their faith. It grew their trust, eventually, <laughs> and that he would provide. That trust and dependence was what was needed for the call on their lives. He was shaping them. He was making them into the people that could help him build his kingdom. And he was equipping them with the, the tools and the equipment they needed to do that. He grew their identity by helping them focus on him. This is bigger than just food. It's about being fully dependent on him, looking to him for all we need to, as we seek to play our part. And it's not just a passive response. He wasn't there with the Israelites knocking on their tent in the morning. Here's, here's your breakfast. There was actual an action that needed to happen. They needed to get up. They needed to go. And they needed to collect in that food. There was partnership even within that. But that is how God was able to build them and strengthen them. Within the context of now, I really just see there's kind of two reasons for this. In part, it's God holding people, some people back. If you're a bit like me, maybe if God gives you a vision for a people or an idea and there's some resources there, I'm off. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm setting timetables. I'm putting things in place. I'm building team. I'm meeting the needs as I'm seeing them. Pretty soon it becomes about me, my project, my big idea, my kingdom. By God providing just enough for that next day, that next step, just what I need, I'm continually dependent on him. I can't run off in my own direction. And so we can be sure that actually what we're building is God's kingdom. His kingdom come, not mine. The second part, it also impacts me on some occasions, is not to burden us. If God revealed all the need that needs to be met, if he revealed to me everything that he needs to be done, I would just be like a rabbit in headlights. I would just be like, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'd be worrying, what do I need to do? What do I need to put in place? What is Again, because that's my nature. So God in his grace and his mercy, he's just like, yeah, let's just hold that back a bit. I'll just reveal to you what needs to be done today. Once you've done that, then we'll encourage you for the next day and equip you for what needs to be done in building my kingdom. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about him holding back because it's his and his protective. It's about his grace and his mercy and his love and making sure that it is outworked. So the next one, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God's kingdom is built through relationships, through love and understanding. I think we all know in our world, we need quite a few relationships repaired, both individually, but also on the whole. This is necessary to be in the right place to build kingdom, but it is also building kingdom. Here he teaches us that we need to be forgiven. Our relationship with him needs to be put right. But also we must forgive others. It's uncomfortable, it's tough, 
but it's necessary and it is so worth it. Some relationships need rebuilding and strengthening because actually they're going to go forward. This kingdom building thing isn't a solo enterprise. We need to do it in team. We need to work together and those relationships need to be right. And also we don't want anything in those relationships to be holding back God's glory. For other relationships as well though, I recognise there's forgiveness is required to set us free. This is not about letting people off when they have done wrong. This is about freeing ourselves from the burden of unforgiveness. Therefore, that releases us to move forward into all that God is calling us. Again, it's taking our eyes off the hurt and onto God. And that's what part of the forgiveness is, releasing us to be all that we are called to be. And as we know, this isn't a one-off thing. This is something that we'll need to continually work on and continually be progressing. Pretty much a daily choice. A daily choice not to be offended. A daily choice to be empathetic, to push in on good relationships. A daily choice not to come under the power of others. A daily choice to keep that focus on God. A choice to move on. God's kingdom, not mine. So we've got the focus. Father, because he is holy. We have the task. His kingdom come. We're in it to be building kingdom. We've been equipped with his daily bread. And we see the need for relationship to complete the task. And then the last part of this, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What is it that's going to tempt us? As we're moving forward in this, as we're partnering with God, what is it that's going to sway us away from actually what we're called to be? It's not a quick thing. It requires dedication. What is it that's going to hold us back? Is it fear? Is it lack of trust? Is it wrong relationships, bad habits, or just the desire to be comfortable? For some, it is the, the temptation just to get back to that easier life. It's tough. It can be hard. It is so fulfilling, but sometimes it's just like, God, this isn't the kingdom I was expecting when I prayed thy kingdom come. This is tough. This is impacting me. My faith, focus, again, has moved from God back onto me. God, Leave me not in temptation. Keep me focused back onto you. We need to push in. It's worth it. Not just because we want God glorified, but when, because when God is glorified, we have found our right identity. We have our right position under and through him. This is why its focus is important. We need to start with our God. When talking about our identity, our Father, for he is holy. Our focus is more on him, our identity, and who we are and what we call to be is strengthened. He has revealed, he has revealed our awesome plan to him. We have a role to play. And although, over the centuries, the church has just added this final line, which almost then brings back that complete circle. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen.